welcome to Ivy League Murders. My name is Sarah Alcorn. I'm a Harvard graduate and a private investigator. And my name is Laura Rodriguez McDonald. I'm a University of Miami graduate, longtime crime aficionado, and part of a fourth generation NYPD family. Laura and I don't always agree on everything. With her NYPD roots and my criminal defense background, sometimes we find ourselves on opposite sides of the jury. We do share a mutual passion for crime solving, and we both grew up in Cambridge, steps away from Harvard University. On Ivy League Murders, we discuss cases where the best of the best make the worst decisions. We look at people who seemingly have it all and throw it all away. Murder, murder. Hey, Laura. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? It's a good week. It's a good week. Sad to say, Sarah, I found my forever home. It's time to move on. Uh. It's time to move on. I'm actually moving someplace very exciting. You are. I am. I'm kind of jealous. You can come visit. Okay. And I'll be here at least one night a week. I am moving to the north end of Boston where there is a lot of history. It's the Italian section and it really is a great section of town. I'm so excited for you, Laura. I know, and I think we'll probably find a case there and have to do some exploring. There's a lot of old Boston history. The oldest church in Boston is in the North End. Yeah, that's right. The that's old right. North Church. So we'll be, we'll be doing a lot of exploring and a lot of eating. I expect your attendance there is going to be almost every day, right, Laura? I think my attendance at the cafes will be every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, seriously, we should do the Paradiso case because he was a serial killer who's thought to have killed Joan Webster, who was a Harvard grad student. Okay, well, table yeah. that, Sarah, Okay, and we'll, we'll... But today we have a very exciting case. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And this case just absolutely breaks my heart. It really does, and it also brings me back to real New York City vibes, which I'm really enjoying. We're going to start this episode with a clip from the podcast, The Organist, and one of our personal faves, Debbie Harry, a.k.a. Blondie. Debbie Harry, a singer from a band called Blondie. Um, I think that's how most people know me. like most uh, of her students it was um, sort of a referral from another another singer and I had been a huge fan of Diamante Galas. Diamante called Barbara Mare Gustrin the baddest bitch in New York which is saying a lot. That's saying a lot. A lot of bad bitches in New York. (laughs) (laughs) During her career Barbara taught everyone from cantors to Broadway stars, to drag queens. In a word, Barbara was just super cool. Sarah, I mean, she just had me at, she wore leather pants and told dirty jokes in her 80s. Yeah. I, I love, I just, everything I heard about her, I loved. Yeah, me too, me too. And it was really fun deep diving in on her life, her career, how well respected she was as a vocal teacher. And she had also graduated from Columbia. 
Yeah, she had. She had. And she was a performer before she was a teacher. That's right. So we actually got to hear her sing and learn a lot about her, and it was absolutely fascinating. Of blind rage, William Shakespeare wrote, Come not between the dragon and his wrath. This is so apropos for this case, because on March 10th, 2022, after touring some art galleries, Lauren Pazienza and her fiancé had dinner and a few glasses of wine in Chelsea Park in New York. Think of Chelsea Hotel. This is where the area, basically, right. where, where they are. And I think they may have had more than a few glasses of wine. Just my guess. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And so they were celebrating their upcoming wedding. Lauren and her fiancé were asked to leave the park because it was closing. And she got into a heated argument with the park official. Inexplicably, she then threw food on her fiancé. <laughs> I think they're off to a good start in this marriage. Lauren left Chelsea Park, just a ball of rage, Laura. Barbara, Mayor Gustern, was just leaving her Chelsea apartment, and Lauren called Barbara a bitch and shoved the 87-year-old to the ground who fell to the sidewalk and hit her head. Lauren then just walked away. I don't know what's wrong with people, Sarah. I mean, it, it just seems like these women just randomly intersected at the wrong time. Yes. And she just pushed her in a fit of rage. Does yeah. that seem to be what happened? I think so. And Lauren is 26. She's 5'7". She's rather not burly. I mean, she's just solid. And Barbara is, she's slight. She's 4'11". And not to mention she's 87 years old. Well, I mean, you could harm anyone in, in when they aren't expecting it in an unprovoked push. That's right. No matter what the size So Barbara runs into a friend of hers and she says, that's the hardest I've ever been hit. And she's bleeding profusely from a head wound. And then she later died in the hospital five days later. Absolutely tragic. And this was a pretty big case in the news in New York because it was so unprovoked, it appeared. It was so tragic and unexpected and nobody could understand why. Yes. Again, Barbara was this famous voice coach. She'd gone to Columbia University. She was very well respected. And I think it became almost a case that showed this randomness of violence we're seeing nowadays and people indicative of just this violent rage we are starting to see more and more and it really upset people. So who is Lauren? Lauren is a scion to a cesspool fortune. Uh, and she, I, I can't help. It's funny. I know people have to make money in all different ways, but no, no, it's like a third generation, like number one in cesspools, whatever. No, means, I think they're number you know. one in Suffolk County on Long Island. You know, but she's not your typical criminal profile. She was an event planner. She was due to be married. And this to me, what happened after Barbara got shoved to the ground, Lauren hangs around the area. I don't know what happened with that, but maybe she was scared. She she didn't do anything to help. T- to me, there's no contrition in this. You've done this. I don't know if she called 911. I don't know. But Barbara basically describes her attacker, and then Lauren is caught on video. Well, at- wait, we're speculating. This case is open, so we're, a lot of this we're kind of having to do some guesswork at. There was tons of video on that street, we know. Yes, there was tons yeah, of so video. that's not really speculative. It's, but- it's not, and she's a you know fairly distinctive-looking person. She has mm-hmm. this bright red hair, but 
pretty quickly, the police narrow down on Lauren, who is scared. She admits it to her fiancé later that night. She 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 deletes her social media. She deletes her social media. She leaves her phone at her aunt's house, and she sort of hides out at her parents' house. The police come and arrest her a couple of days later. She lawyered up right away. She has not said a word about this. But this is just, it reminds me of like a road rage case, but there's not even any explanation why Barbara was the target for Lauren. I think it was just just this kind of blind rage. I'm pissed off at my fiance. I'm pissed off at this park official. And anyone who kind of gets in my way, like Shakespeare says, terrible, terrible things come as a consequence of anger. I want to just remind everyone, there's been no conviction in this case. She's innocent until proven guilty. And if I was ever involved in anything, I would always ask for an attorney because by asking for an attorney, she has protected her story. She never spoke to the police. We don't know what her side of the story is. I'm going to speculate that she's going to have a story as to whether it be true or not, that there was some event that provoked this. I'm not saying that that's true. I'm saying because she's had this time to prepare a defense and she never got locked into a story, that may be what we hear. It'll be interesting because we can follow this case as it proceeds. But she has kept her mouth shut. She's probably going to have a top New York attorney. Yes. And I assume this will be a fairly high-profile case. But one of the issues, one of the things I wanted to talk about, Sarah, is one thing I noticed, and I myself am even guilty of having followed this case, is there's so much focus on Lauren. And Lauren has the socialite, which I want to say Lauren was not a socialite. She went to some parties, but... All these Lauren, you know, where Lauren, Lauren went to FIT, Lauren did this, Lauren did that. And we really seem to have lost Barbara in the mix. And I think it's a combination of often being a victim, but also really of her age. And I think when we lose younger victims, we look at all this potential of who they could be. But sadly enough, with an older victim, it's often kind of dismissed, like they lived a long life. And we, myself included, often don't look at the substance of their life. And that's what we're trying to do here. And what we're trying to do here. And as we do, I just see this interesting, fun, fabulous woman who gave so much to so many people. And I think I was telling you earlier, one of my favorite movies is Auntie Mame with Rosalind Russell. And to me, she was just kind of like edgy, hip, punk Auntie Mame. Kind of everyone's surrogate mom, aunt edgy, funny, ahead of her times. Listen, she was still wearing leather pants into her 80s. You got to get Barbara some props. I mean, she was just cool. She was cool. And I mean, we listened to a lot of tributes to Barbara from when she was, this is from 2015. And when she was alive, people talking about how fabulous she was. And these were edgy, Lower East Side, punk and alternative musicians and performers, performance artists. I can't repeat what these people it was so raunchy i can't repeat it and barbara was tickled by these tributes that's how hilarious you know if laura can't repeat it it's pretty damn it's pretty raunchy because i'm pretty raunchy and that was i mean just hilarious she was tickled she didn't judge anyone she was as comfortable at a synagogue or church as she was at cbgb's now okay i and i have to admit something to you laura I did read the Post article about this, and according to the Post, 
Okay. Sarah makes fun of the fact that I read the post. It's a dubious source. However, they do say that Lauren was like a very troublesome tenant. She was always getting into fights with people. She was a bit of a bully at her school. Now, I don't know. I mean, come on. This was like a second grader who said this about her. I do not want any second grader, shout out to Agassiz School, saying anything about me when I was in elementary school. Maybe she was. Oh, I'll tell on all the bullies in my school. Are you kidding? This is a case that really raises more questions than it answers because we don't know. There is a big mystery attached to this case. Like I said, it's like a road rage case, but it doesn't even have the logic of a road rage case because no, you're, you're driving along, someone pisses you off, you get scared, you try to run them off the road and, and they run off the road. At least there's a logical object to one's rage. In this case, Barbara was just like she did, like was just living her best life. She was just leaving her Chelsea apartment and she gets sideswiped by this ball of fury. I think you're looking for logic and emotion that has no logic. And I think that often we don't know the power of our emotions and the implications. And you could be feeling super angry. You could be feeling rageful. And, and I don't know what Lauren's motives are. I doubt they were to kill her. You know, I think that sometimes I've seen other cases where someone pushed someone in a pool kind of being pissed off and the person wound up paralyzed. I'm just saying we have to be very careful of our emotions and how we act on those physically because the implications can be huge. They can be. They can be deadly. Deadly and that we're often unaware of how serious these things can be. No, it's very true. And it's also, according to Lauren's fiance, Lauren had thought that Barbara had said something to her, which logically prompted Lauren to call her a bitch and shove her. And now, again, it's not rational. It's not anything. I'm sure if she could replay that moment, she would have taken a pause and just walked along and and vented her rage somewhere else right like most people and i'm not defending her but i'm sure her defense will be some type of whether it be true or not but well finish that thought yeah i think in a moment of absolute rage or anger and i think most of us have had them we can often picture ourselves, I could have been able to picture myself being that, doing something, or in that second, maybe you could push or pull or throw something. What if that thing you throw hit somebody in the eye? It's, we are powerful in our emotions and what we can do. Absolutely. Which is why we have to be, or I have to be very mindful of keeping that type of behavior in check. It's very true. And I think sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that when you're angry or if you don't have those emotions in check. I can say I'm not a violent person, but I know that I have said things in anger that you just want to eat those words after you've said them. And in the moment, it feels very powerful. Exactly. But the regret and nothing good comes of it. Exactly. And I think that, and that's what I'm kind of getting from this story is the power of extreme emotion, extreme anger, resentment, and really how those emotions can be so destructive yeah, for exactly. you and for other people if you act out on them. God, we're like therapists. That's scary, Sarah. That's so I know. Don't take advice. Definitely yeah. not from me. Yeah, I'm me neither. Not qualified at all, actually. Yeah. Extremely unqualified. <laughs> 
But it is fascinating in these cases to really look at how these kind of, I don't know, kind of in a weird way, seven deadly sins. And anger is definitely one of them. And I I think it's interesting to separate these criminals and make them so different. But when you take them back and, and humanize it and see your own ability to get angry or to act out, maybe it's verbally. Yes. But just the fact that we all do have, as you said, we all do possess these these seven deadly sins and we can maybe it's not to these extremes but it's there well shakespeare was definitely fascinated fascinated with it and, i'm getting and- a lot more fascinated with it the more because we've seen that you know the ivy league money degrees none of this stuff makes any difference it's yeah. always the same stuff right we see the same things week after week that's right that's right so That's our episode. That's our episode. So we kept it short but sweet. We are kicking off a new season. We want to remind everyone that we have a Patreon, which we often forget to mention, but we do have it and we would really appreciate any contributions, no matter how small. And we appreciate so much all the people who do contribute to us. And leave us a good review if you enjoyed this episode. Yes, and tell your friends and family. This week, we want to tell everybody we have kicked off our TikTok and we are so excited about it. And we need to give a special shout out to Dawn Charles, who is now our TikTok creator. And she is amazing. Amazing. Beyond amazing. So please check us out on TikTok. Become a subscriber. We really appreciate it. And also wanted to really thank our wonderful researcher, Nate, for finding this case in the first place. You are fantastic. And finding cases constantly. It constantly. Amazing us all the time. Murder, murder, murder.